let's watch this segment, okay? And I'm going to pull it up here. Let me just share the screen. Please do like the video while you are waiting for this to be pulled up. Please do subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifications bell. All right, so here we go. So I'm just going to make it bigger for all of you. Uh, all right, here we go. So here you have Sky News Australia. Impeach him. Joe Biden savaged for sending U.S. oil reserves abroad. Here we go. American citizens who are born here and vote and pay taxes cannot afford to fuel their own cars. The Biden administration is selling off our emergency oil reserves to China. That's not an indictable offense. It's certainly an impeachable one. And they should impeach him for that. There's a Reuters report um, out this morning that says that more than 5 million barrels of oil that were released from the emergency of oil reserves were exported to Europe and Asia last month, and some of it reportedly was actually heading to China. Uh, is the administration aware of those reports, and um, does, it, does the president mind that some of this oil that was meant to uh, ease pain for consumers is headed overseas? I have not seen that report, so I would honestly have to go look into it and see what what the truth is in that in that uh, statement that you just laid out and see exactly what's happening i i just have not seen that report today i'm authorizing the release of one million barrels per day for the next six months over 180 million barrels for the strategic from the from the strategic petroleum reserve this is a wartime bridge to increase oil supply until production ramps up later this year and it is by far the largest release of our net of our national reserve in our history since joe biden started releasing all this oil from our reserves which he does not own you do we do what has happened to gas prices they haven't dropped they've kept going up huh in mid-June, the price of both regular unleaded and diesel, critically, hit all-time highs, well over five bucks a gallon nationally. How could this be? It really was a mystery. It violated the most basic rules of economics. But now, thanks to a new report in Reuters, we know why. It turns out the oil being released isn't for us. It's going to India and China. No president in American history has ordered a drawdown this large. In 1991, at the beginning of Operation Desert Storm, which was an actual war with real American soldiers involved, the U.S. government released 17 million barrels of oil as a way of assuring a stable supply of global crude. The U.S. released just 20 million barrels after Hurricane Katrina destroyed parts of the Gulf Coast where so many refineries are. But now we're releasing many times that figure from the reserve, all to protect the Democratic Party from getting what it deserves in the midterm elections in November. What Biden could have done is produce more oil domestically, but that would have been too easy and too good for the United States and its long-term interests. Instead, he decided to do something so crazy and so dangerous that only someone who was intentionally trying to harm the United States would even consider it. 
The crude, by the way, in the SPR is the best crude that we have. It's called medium sour crude. It's the easiest to process. And we're giving it away to a government whose whole goal is to displace us on the global stage and crush us. So the whole goal of China is to displace the United States and crush the United States, according to Tucker Carlson. And I mean, that that's just such a, a I mean, that's a criminal thing to say. That's that is criminal propaganda to promote that as fact. That is a wild claim that has absolutely no basis in reality. But Tucker Carlson is quite seriously saying this and saying that. Joe Biden's moves here, and this is what the this is what people like Tucker Carlson always do. They pick upon what, in retrospect, here is not the most, how should I say, crucial issue, right? The United States sending oil to other countries isn't really the principal issue when it comes to why prices are so high. We had Richard Wolf on here. We had Michael Hudson on here. They will tell you, they've said, none of their answers said, well, it's because the United States is sending oil elsewhere. No, or strategic oil reserves elsewhere. And also, the problem with his solution, which is pump more oil in the United States, is that it creates huge imbalances in the market and ultimately serves as a, it's an artificially, it's an artificial way to lower prices because that supply cannot and just cannot be met with demand. Because what does the United States do when it pumps oil? It doesn't pump it at prices that are reasonable. It doesn't help underdeveloped and poor countries receive that oil. It pumps it on the market, produces way too much, and ultimately screws over countries like Venezuela, for example, which needs to also export oil in order to keep its economy uh, going. So the United States here, Tucker Carlson is saying, has this easy answer for inflation, has this easy answer for price to, to pump more oil and to keep more oil for ourselves, right? It's this like totally simplistic, quote unquote, nationalistic way of looking at economics without understanding that his very solution has been part of the problem with the world capitalist economy for quite some time. The United States has done this many times before. Pump more oil, uh, get more oil out to the world market, and actually it does so to try to sabotage countries like Russia and like Venezuela. It's done that in the past. So not even what Tucker Carlson is saying is sensical, and yet he then pivots to say that China wants to displace us. China wants to displace us and crush us. To say such a thing, you need to say why, how, how is China trying to displace us, quote unquote, and crush us? I mean, it's simply put, pearl clutching in the corporate media. It's all about, this is what Tucker Carlson is saying to his viewers. You need to be scared of China because they are going to be the top economy and you need to be scared of that. And it is criminal that Joe Biden's administration would send oil to China and oh, don't forget all these other countries. but. China is trying to displace us and crush us, right? That, I mean, that's just an, such an oversimplification, but this is what people like him do. They oversimplify things. This is what all mainstream media does. They reduce issues 
to meaninglessness. They reduce them to meaninglessness so that they can promote the Red Scare talking point that gets people angry at the wrong thing. Here, not even his criticism of Joe Biden is very legitimate because he's not even talking about what the root cause of the problem is. He's he's going after this very small thing that's happened and is trying to say that you could just resolve this crisis by like by hoarding strategic oil reserves and uh, then that would resolve it. That's not going to resolve a situation where these corporations are literally raising prices based upon their own desire to make mega profits. A lot of the the gas and oil crisis, this like rising prices, is because of that. They are seeing what's happened with Russia, Ukraine, the sanctions, and they are now putting just immense pain on people to make up for what they perceive will be massive losses on the world market. He's not saying that though. Tucker Carlson is saying, no, no, no. If we just, if we just, uh, uh, you know hoard our resources we have all this it's easy it's easy oil if we just hoard it then that's going to solve the problem not really it's not really going to solve the problem so let's continue the chinese will be cruel masters when they run the world they're not like us at all by the way that country china also also happens to be a longtime business partner of the biden family so I mean, this has been one of these real spurious things, right? Biden family in China, doing business in China. How how crazy, right? It, it's repeating this trope that the Democrats had, right? The Democrats were like, oh, the Trump family, Trump administration, the Trump hotel. They have all these investments in Russia. That is so, that is just, that's such a scandal. You're, you're doing business in other countries. Not really a scandal. Now, let me let me tell you one thing. Hunter Biden, this dude, I mean, he's all messed up. And we know about him. We know about the kickbacks he's gotten. That's what all Western US business people, corporate, the corporate class, the ruling class, that's what they get. That's that's how they behave. But to say that, oh, doing business in China is the big problem, that's the dog whistle, right? This is all a dog whistle. And to think. Did you hear what Tucker Carlson said? You, we have to go back and listen to this. Did you hear what he said? This guy is out of his, this guy is just, he's unhinged. He's unhinged here for saying this. By the way, that country. Sorry, that's China, not it. Go ahead, go back a little bit more. Whose whole goal is to displace us on the global stage and crush us. The Chinese will be cruel masters when they run the world. They're not like us at all. The Chinese will be cruel masters when they run the world. They're not like us at all. They will be cruel masters when they run the world. They're not like us at all. Hear that again. Can you believe, I mean, that this could come out. This is how unhinged, warmongering, this is how just deep, I mean, this is deeply racist too, to, to paint China as this completely inhumane entity that uh, is contrasted with the U.S.'s so-called benevolence. This is American exceptionalism and racism on steroids. So, so listen to this again. The Chinese will be cruel masters when they run the world. They're not like us at all. 
The Chinese are cruel masters when they run the world. They are not like us at all. I mean, that is just such a scripted way to portray China as our enemy, to dehumanize China and the Chinese people into into promote a modern day version of yellow peril that we need to be scared of China that China is coming for our lunch that China is going to overtake the United States it's going to dominate it's going it's going to be a cruel master when it runs the world and i'm not going to show any more of this because ultimately we got the context we know what Tucker Carlson was talking about these are the remarks though that i want to go off of right that the China will be a cruel master. China. China is going to be the cruel master here, guys. And, and I think we have to... <laughs> we have to first... I mean, when we respond to something like this, it, it's quite easy, right? This is, tip, as TNT just said, typical racist American commentary. We have to look at, well, what is this commentary? What is this racist commentary, this yellow peril commentary, this anti-China commentary? What is it concealing? Well, for one, what American exceptionalism and this hubris, the superiority complex, always conceals is what the United States is actually all about. To say that China is not like us because they'll be cruel completely erases, whitewashes the, his the whole entire history of the United States. We can go all the way back to chattel slavery, genocide and colonialism, indigenous people, anyone who wasn't a property owner, i.e. a capitalist or a petty capitalist, were not even human beings, were not even able to exercise any rights in the United States in the early years. And then we can move forward, of course, to the Monroe Doctrine, to ex expansionism, Mexico. We can go on and on and on. There's so many examples Right, the Philippines just building this empire, regime change, colonialism, imperialism, occupying Haiti. We can go on and on and on about what the United States has done, right? Overthrowing dozens of dozens of dozens of dozens of countries trying to. I was <clears throat> in a stream before this, I was talking about how even the Washington Post admits that the United States tried 72 times between the years of 1945 and 1990. 72 times to overthrow governments around the world. Supposedly, it was only successful like 30% of the time, but 30% is still a high rate. And I think that's an undercount when we read people like William Blum who have shown that the U.S. has had a covert role in more than 50 over that same period, just in those, what is that, 45 years? In those 45 years alone, the United States had a role in overthrowing 50 governments around the world, most of them attempting to exercise some form of sovereignty, some sort of some form of self-determination, some form of socialism in many cases, not all, but in many. Whether we're talking about Iran, the overthrow of Mossadegh, whether we're talking about the Contras, supporting the Contras in Nicaragua, in Guatemala, in El Salvador, right? Whether we're talking about the uh, attempted overthrow of the Chinese Revolution right after the revolution, the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Bay of Pigs, right, trying to overthrow Cuba's government, right? There's so many examples, so many examples 
of the United States meddling in the affairs of other countries in a very cruel way. We're talking about tens of millions of people who have died over that period, just in that period. We're not even talking about the modern era, post-Soviet period, and we will. So I want to just show you a contrast, okay, <clears throat> between how actually China behaves in the world versus how the United States behaves in the world. This contrast, I think, is important. And we're going to start with the wars in the Middle East, with the United States, especially Afghanistan and Iraq. We're just going to focus on that. I'm going to show you what Brown University's Cost of War Project has said about casualties in Iraq, in Afghanistan. And then I'm going to show you what China has decided to do in Iraq, for example, because it is quite different. And it really does contradict what Tucker Carlson says about China. And I think it's very important. And I want to thank uh, Mr. O'Sullivan, or, or I, don't, I don't know actually their pronouns, so I'm not going to be disrespectful. So uh, there is a person who follows me on Instagram who did remind me about covering this topic. So I want to thank them. So I'm going to pull up the cost of war project. Okay. And what the United States did in Iraq and Afghanistan alone. And I believe that this may be an undercount from other figures I've seen, but nonetheless, I think it tells the story. So here it's insider. Uh, they business insider reports on the study that the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan have killed at least 500,000 people, according to a new report that breaks down the toll. Of the 76 countries in which the U.S. is currently fighting terrorism, at least three have in been incredibly deadly, Iraq, Afghanistan, and Pakistan. Brown University's Cost of Wars Project recently released a report detailing just how deadly they've been. It counts how many people have been killed by the United States' post-war 9-11 wars in these three countries. The report accounts for deaths in Afghanistan and Pakistan between October 2001 and October 2018 and Iraq between March 2003 and October 2018. In October 2001, the U.S. invaded Afghanistan. Of course, we know this is a bit old, but we know that the U.S. was ousted by the Taliban last year. So in March 2003, there was an invasion of Iraq, paved the way for ISIS and Pakistan. They say it's a little mur murkier. But let's look at what the cost of war found, okay? 6,000 plus military deaths. Here you have uh, uh, the deaths uh, uh, of Afghanistan and Iraq, 2,000 plus, 4,500 4, plus. Then you have these U.S. contractor deaths. So as you may know, the United States really did privatize a lot of its war making during this period and gave all sorts of contracts to huge corporations that just absolutely, I think Academi, which um, was formerly known, I forget its name, but here you go. Here's the contractor deaths for those who are participating in them. 3,793 deaths, 3,937. And then you have national military and police deaths. Here you have in Iraq and Afghanistan, these huge numbers of more than 40,000 and almost 60,000. Then you have allied troop deaths, very small. These are the, this is the U.S. NATO troops. These are the U.S. allied troops. And then the civilians, more than 200,000, nearly 270,000 estimated. Okay. In Iraq, here you have the huge number, nearly 200,000. 
And then you have in Afghanistan, almost 40,000, Pakistan, 23 plus thousand. So, and then you can, and then there's more opposition fighters, right? So those armed groups, uh, they've lost uh, many people, but you really don't know the exact character of this. So it's very dicey. And this is the hard thing about measuring measuring war, right? Measuring the casualties of war is that it gets very dicey, especially in these wars where there were non-conventional forces and conventional forces to be able to separate between civilian, non-civilian. So I would, I would guess that there are many civilian deaths in this as well. Can we say that people who take up arms against an imperialist country to not be a civilian? While at the same time, you know, in Iraq and Afghanistan, there were many foreign fighters, many jihadist elements. Uh, this goes back all the way to the Mujahideen and the U.S. role in backing and creating them back in 1979 So uh, against the Soviet Union. So you know that there is a lot of complexity here. But I think we, and here you go, th more than 362 journalists and media workers were killed in this 566 humanitarian workers. So the death toll is is vast. And so I think that gets you get the picture <laughs> that the United States created a catastrophe in Iraq and Afghanistan, that the war on terror was a war of terror. And it's quite hard to believe, even if we didn't know anything about China, even if we didn't know anything about the situation, that it would be hard to believe that China is going to be more cruel than the United States if it were to take over the world, as Tucker Carlson said. So that's just a basic point. 